Erev Tov, and good evening, everyone. We are in the Zer Shimshon, and it's a special uh, zechus, a special merit to uh, be learning, begin learning the Zer Shimshon on uh, his parish's commentary on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. If you have the uh, Sefarim, if you have the of the Zer Shimshon uh, on the Chumash, on the Torah, you'll see that in Chelik Aleph, uh, after Parshas Bo, there's a section on Haggadah Shel Pesach. It's very easy to miss it because in other cases, there's a section specifically for different holidays. Here, the section for Haggadah Shel Pesach comes right in the middle of the Parshios HaShavua, and it comes right after Parshas Bo. The uh, piece we're going to be looking at, which is Os Beis, section two, uh, is on Daf Tuf Kuf Tzadi Vav, and uh, we're going to take a look right now. He's going to begin with a Pasuk, uh, so we're going to read the Pasuk first. It's a Pasuk about the Korban Pesach. It is on, uh, it comes from Perik, uh, Shmos Perik Yudbe's Pasuk Mem Gimel. Shmos Perik Yudbe's Pasuk Mem Gimel. And it introduces a section in the Torah that discusses the Korban Pesach. It says as follows, Vayomer Hashem el Moshe v'Aharon. And Hashem said to Moshe and Aharon, Zos chukas haposach. This is the statute uh, of the Korban Pesach. Every foreigner, every stranger uh, should not be allowed to eat uh, the Korban Pesach. And then the Psukim go on uh, and give various halachot, various laws dealing with the Korban Pesach. So let's uh, jump right into the Zerashim shown here. Again, Ospei section two. Pesach. The Pesach says, Zos chukas haposach. This is the statute of the Pesach. Hiksha hamate aharon b'shem shlo. And the Sefer mate aharon question is asked in the name of the of the shlo, the shnei luchos habris. Lama korban pesach nikra chot. Why is the korban pesach called a statute? To understand this question, we need to back and remember uh, exactly a stat is in the word chok when it's used in the Torah. So we are told by the Mephorshim that a chok is a type of law that really defies our logic, our ability to understand it from a logical way, or, or maybe put a different way, it's not the kind of law that we would have come up with on our own. Certain kinds of laws, the Torah tells us, we would have thought of on our own, just for having uh, a civilized society, for example, an obvious example is steal, don't kill, don't murder. These are things that are mitzvahs in the Torah, absolutely, incredibly important mitzvahs in the Torah, and Hashem is, t- is, is, is commanding us, no matter what our logic tells us, uh, uh, Hashem is saying, I'm telling you, you have to follow these laws. However, Hazal and the Mephorshim uh, bring it down in many places, say these are things we would have thought of on our own and, and are readily understandable using our own logic. That, of course, if you want people to be able to live together without fighting all the time and without uh, harming each other all the time, then you have to have laws like don't steal and don't kill uh, just in order for you to have a, a peaceful society and a successful society. Those are called mishpatim. But chok is different. A chok is the kind of mitzvah where we wouldn't have thought of it on our own if we were thinking what are the laws that are needed for a peaceful, successful society. We would not think of the chukim, the mitzvahs in the Torah called chukim. Uh, And so in a way, they're above and beyond uh, our logic. And so Hashem says, I'm telling you to keep these things even if you would not have thought of them, even if you don't understand them, 
uh, my commandment to you is to keep these types of laws. So the question that the Mata Aaron is asking in the name of the Shlaw is, why is the Korban Pesach considered a chok? Why is it considered something that's so, quote unquote, to use the expression, illogical? Why is it so beyond our logic to understand it? When we read the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and we get to the part where it says, in order to remember this, bring the Korban Pesach, most of us are not struck by the idea of Korban Pesach for this. What are you talking about? What does that mean? How does that make any sense? We understand that Hashem wants us to remember the momentous, world-changing, unprecedented events of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, doesn't want us to forget those things, and, and wants us to appreciate them forever for all of the future generations of the Jewish people. And so the Korban Pesach is part, part of that. So why is it called a chok, a statue? The tirates, and he brings an answer, he suggests an answer to this question. Uh, this is the Mata'aron, this is not the, uh, the Zerashimshah. Mishum de Kaimulon. It's because we hold, based on the Gemara and Psachim, Shaha Pesach lo yochal bishtei makomos. The Korban Pesach cannot be eaten in two different places. The lo yedaleg mi bias le bias. And a person who's eating the Korban Pesach should not uh, jump around from one place to another place. So what, what does that mean in terms, of, uh, in terms of practicality? It means, let's imagine you're sitting around your table, and let's just say you have just your family a small Seder, and you're eating the Korban Pesach. And uh, you hear from next door that there's a bigger group. It sounds like 20, 30, 40 people, and they're singing, and there's merriment, and, and you just hear it sounds so amazing and so wonderful. So you say to your family, hey, you know what? Let's go join our neighbors. It sounds incredible what's going on over there. Let's take our Korban Pesach, what's left of our Korban Pesach. Maybe you already started eating the Korban Pesach. Let's take uh, what we have, and let's carry it all over there in a box. And uh, we'll join them, and your neighbors are good friends, right? That makes sense that you would want to do that. So the Torah says, no, the halacha, in this, based on this Gemara Mitzvah, brings down, you can't eat your Korban Pesach in two different places. If you, you have to have a specific place to eat it and only eat it there. Don't go from one place to another. But our logic, our thinking would say, would dictate just the opposite. It would, it would tell us just the opposite of that. Shahare Posach Hashem al habayis. Because the whole story of, of, of the beginning of the actual Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, right before the Jews left during the night of Makas Pechoros, was that Hashem skipped over, passed over one house to another house. And because of that, the opposite is true. The opposite of the halacha would seem to be true. Instead of staying in only one house, we Dafka should be told to go from house to house. Why? To remember how Hashem passed over house to house. It would be a wonderful way to remember and, and have the children visualize Hashem going, passing over, go house to house, look for the blood on the doorpost, pass over that house, and only strike the Egyptians in their homes. And that's what makes it a statue, because it goes against the logic that we would have. Again, our logic would tell us Dafka go from house to house, eat the Korban Pesach in one house to another house to another house. Let that be the tradition. No, the Torah says only eat it in one house. So that goes against, runs counter to our logic uh, for the Torah to dictate only eating the Korban Pesach in one house and so to speak, um, passing up the opportunity of telling us to go from eat it in different houses, which would remind us of Hashem passing over our, the Jewish houses at the time of the Makas Bechot. And the Mate Aharon, who was mentioned before, 
asked a question about this answer. He proposed, he, he gave us the answer to the question, and now the Mata, Zer Shimshon tells us the Mata Aaron himself didn't love this answer, and he asked the following question. If the main thing we want to recall about the night of Makas Bechoros is that Hashem skipped over from house to house, and he killed the firstborn of Egypt in each, in each Egyptian house, then yes, you could make the case that it would be a good idea to go from house to house when we eat our Korban Pesach. However, the real miracle that we want to remember is not the action of Hashem striking down the Egyptians in different households. Yes, that was incredibly important, and that was the climax and culmination of the of the 10 plagues. However, the real Iker miracle we want to remember is that how no one was killed or harmed in the Jewish homes. The Yisrael Yoshav Bebeso, and the Jews, each Jewish family stayed in its own home. Vitziva Osam, and Hashem specifically commanded them. Do not leave your home until the morning. So therefore, the idea of us staying in our homes and eating the Korban Pesach in our homes and not going house to house, the Mate Aaron says, makes perfect sense. It actually fits with our logic perfectly. It doesn't run counter to our logic. Why? Because the main thing we want to remember, he says, is how Hashem told us, stay in your home. You will be safe in your home. Don't go out of your homes. Don't go house to house. I will go house to house and kill the Egyptians in their homes. Each of you, each of you Jewish families stay in your own home. So how do we remember that? By staying in our home and eating the Korban Pesach in one home and not going house to house. So the halacha of the Korban Pesach seems to match our own understanding perfectly, the Mata Aaron says. And the Zer Shimshon says, the truth is, if you simply look at the a simple reading of the Pesukim supports this uh, idea. Dixid, as it's written, uh, you will say this is a Pesach sacrifice, etc. Asher Pesach, that Hashem passed over, and our homes were saved. It appears from simply reading that Pesach, the main miracle was that Hashem saved us and each Jewish family in their home. And therefore, the original question about the Korban Pesach being called a statute remains. It hasn't been answered. Why is the Korban Pesach called a statute when, at this point, we see that it actually fits logically with what it is that we should be remembering primarily? Meaning, yes, we of course remember how Hashem uh, did the 10th plague of Makas Pahoros and how the Egyptian firstborn were killed. And, that, that, and how that led to Paro saying, and all of the Egyptians saying, Jews, not just can you leave, you have to leave. We're kicking you out. Get out of here. We want you to leave as soon as possible. Of course, that's incredibly important and incredibly vital. But what we're remembering and celebrating year to year, even more important than that, is that uh, with all of that death and destruction going on, the Jews were completely safe and sound and protected in their homes. So therefore, we still don't know why is Korban Pesach called Ocho. So the Zer Shimshon in the next paragraph is going to begin to answer that original fundamental question. The near Elomar, it appears that we can say, De Omru Zichronim 
that Chazal said in another, a different Gemara in Meseches Pesachim, this one's on Dachsari Heh, Kechol chukas ha-Pesach ya'asu oso, according to all of the statutes of the Korban Pesach, you should do it, v'chein v'chol chukosav, and so too according to all of its statutes, v'chulei, etc. That Pesach that the Gemara brings is actually talking about Pesach Sheni. If a person was not able, as we know, if a person's not able to keep uh, the, do the Korban Pesach at its right time and it's an appropriate time, the Torah gives them the, uh, the gift, the opportunity to keep the, to do the Korban Pesach a month later, and that's called Pesach Sheni. Not all of the laws of, 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 uh, of certainly of Pesach and even of the Korban Pesach necessarily automatically apply when you do a Korban Pesach for Pesach Sheni, and the Gemara discusses that, uh, but this Pesach says, um, according to all of the statutes that you do when you bring your Korban Pesach the first time, they should also apply to Pesach Sheni. So the Gemara says, What is it referring to when it says the statutes of the Korban Pesach? It means the mitzvot that specifically apply to the Korban Pesach itself, not the other, not, not the other mitzvot of the holiday. Just to give an obvious example that the Gemara there brings, there's no prohibition to eat chametz for Pesach Sheni. A person would bring, if they, again, missed uh, for legitimate reasons, for the reasons that the Torah specifies, for example, being Tomei is one of them. If a person couldn't bring the Korban Pesach in the appropriate time for legitimate reasons, and now they brought the Pesach Sheni a month later, uh, they could have chametz in their home. There was no uh, mitzvah for Pesach Sheni specifically not to have chametz around and to get rid of all your chametz. So that was one halacha that didn't apply, and other halachas also of Pesach didn't apply. However, mitzvah shebegufo, laws that apply to the actual physical bringing of the Korban Pesach, they did apply. Kugon, for example, al toch lumimenu na, don't eat from the Korban Pesach when it is undercooked, uvoshel mevushal, or if it is cooked in water, Bechule, etc. So, as an example, the Gemara says any of the laws that apply to the preparation of the Korban Pesach and how it was cooked, they apply not only for a Korban Pesach for the regular holiday of Pesach, they also apply to Pesach Sheni. And another, uh, another law, Ki'im Tzli Eish, it can only be eaten, that's the conclusion of that Pesach actually, uh, it can only be eaten roasted over a fire, Bechule, etc. So, so don't eat the Korban Pesach undercooked. Don't cook the Korban Pesach in water. Only eat the Korban Pesach after it's been roasted over a fire. Those laws apply, as we just said, uh, both for the Korban, original Korban Pesach uh, that you would eat at the regular time and also a month later if you're doing Pesach Shein. Ve'achinuch, and in the Sefer Achinuch, nosan tam lamotziva hakosov shehapesach yochlu osot sliesh. He offers a reason, he's actually going to offer, the Sefer Achinuch actually offers two reasons, and the Zer Shemshu is going to bring both of them. Um, the Sefer Achinuch offers an explanation, a reason as to why the Torah commanded for the Korban Pesach to only be eaten after being roasted over a fire. Lefisha machal basar because eating uh, roasted meat, hu machal hamalachim vehasarim. This is the food, this is uh, comparable to the food that kings and princes eat. Why? It's the best way to eat the meat. It's the most delicious way to eat the meat. And since uh, for Pesach we're celebrating the fact that we went out from slavery to freedom, we should also 
no, no, sorry, no chaltzli. We should also eat roasted, our korban Pesach is roasted food, kedera chasarim, according to the way of the uh, kings and princes uh, eat. So we're eating uh, meat the best possible way, roasted meat, the most delicious way. Ulefi tamze kashe. According to this reason that the Sefer HaChinuch proposes, we have a, a question, a difficulty. The Ha Bechol korbonos, regarding all of the korbonos, Nemar Lecho Nesatim Lemoshcha. A Pasuk says that for any korbon in which a Kohen, which the Kohanim receive a portion to eat, the Torah says, Lecho, to you, meaning to the Kohanim, Nesatim, I have given them, I have given these portions from the various korbonot, which is an unusual word. So the Gemara says, this means to, uh, for, for greatness, you should eat the meat as a, as, a, as a way of feeling that you have great uh, nobility, that you have, uh, that you have a special greatness in terms of your holiness and your special role. We're talking about the konim, of course. And therefore you should eat the portions of the korbonos that you are given, that the konim are given, the way that kings eat their food. And with all of this explanation, we, it, it comes down to the Gemara and Zvachim to tell us exactly what we hold about this. Even though we're saying, eat it the best way, the way the Malachim eat it, the Gemara Zvachim says, you know how the Malachim eat their food? They eat their food however they want it. And they may want it one prepared one way on one day, and they may want to prepare it a different way on a different day. That's really, truly the essence of freedom and the essence of Malachim and the essence of honoring the Kohanim is to say, eat it the way you most enjoy it and the way you want to eat it at the time that you want to eat it, whether or not it's roasted, whether or not it's boiled, whether or not it's cooked in a different way. So according to that, why did the Torah, uh, at the, regarding the Korban Pesach, say, no, it has to specifically be roasted? Why didn't the Torah, why did the Torah not copy and emulate the same rule where the Kohanim uh, bring that rule over to Korban Pesach and say, just like the Kohanim, we use the word lemashcha to show their gedula, their greatness, their high level. We let them eat the portions of the Korbanos any way they want at that particular time. And yes, it might be roasted one day, but it might be cooked a, uh, cooked a different way on a di at a different time. And it might be boiled a different time. You never know what they, the Kohen might never know ahead of time how he wants it to eat the meat on a particular day. So he has the discretion and the choice. Why didn't we take that system and apply it to the Korban Pesach and say, you can eat the Korban Pesach any way you want, prepare it the way that you most desired and would most enjoy it. Why didn't we do that if, according to the Sefer Achinoch, the Torah wanted to show, eat your Korban Pesach, derech cheirus, eat your Korban Pesach in a way of freedom and in a way of the Malachim and the kings and the princes when they eat their food any way they want. So why didn't the Torah do that regarding the Korban Pesach? That's the question of the Sefer Achinuch's first reason. The Sefer Achinuch gives another second follow-up reason, an additional reason as to why the Torah uh, dictated that we should eat the Korban Pesach roasted, sli esh, roasted over a fire. Eating roasted meat demonstrates the haste with which the Jews left Egypt. They didn't have the time to wait 
and cook the food in a pot. They didn't have time to set up, uh, you know, very large cauldrons or vats to cook these, uh, the, the, all the different carbon uh, Pesachs that people would have need, needed. They didn't have time to do it and cook it that way. They needed to cook it in a very fast way. Uh, and they were in a rush to leave Egypt. As we said before, Paro and the Egyptians were telling them, leave, yeah, you need to leave right now. And of course, they embraced the idea of leaving Egypt as soon as possible. And Hashem told Moshe to tell them, that's it. We're, we're leaving as quickly as we can. Um, and so that's another reason that the, that the Sefer Achinuch brings as to why the meat was roasted, why the Torah says roast the Korban Pesach. The Gamal Tam Zekasha. And also in this second reason, there's a problem. The Lama Osr Lehem Lechol if this is the reason, then why did the Torah forbid them to eat it undercooked? Which means it's not cooked all the way. It's not fully cooked. Just, just the opposite. If they'd be allowed to eat it, or even told and commanded to eat it undercooked, that would have demonstrated the haste and the rush that they're in even better than roasting the meat. What's the best way to show and remember and recall for all generations that the Jewish people left Egypt in a hurry? It's to eat the carbon Pesach when it's not fully cooked. Because I guarantee everyone, or everyone around the table is going to say, hey, this meat's not you know, fully cooked. Why can't we cook this a little more? No, because we remember how the Jews had to leave Egypt in such a hurry they fo couldn't fully cook the meat. So the Zerah Shimshon says, let's now bring, put all this together. What we learn is, what we see is, according to the Sefer Achinoch's first reason, there's one problem. What's the difference between Pesach and all of the other korbonos that the Kohanim, of the portions that the Kohanim eat? If, regarding the Kohanim, we say, eat them the way that the kings and princes eat them and, and eat it however you want, the Kohanim, here by the Korban Pesach, where we're also supposed to be eating it like kings and princes, it's forbidden to cook it in water, even though we might prefer that. A person might say, I love a good boiled uh, uh, flunkin, I love a good boiled Korban Pesach. Uh, so, so we tell him, no, sorry, you're not allowed to do what you want. You're not allowed to eat it the way you want to eat it. It can only be roasted. That's a problem. And according to the Sefer Achinach, second reason, there's also a problem. Why were we told that we can't eat it in an undercooked fashion when that would have been the best possible way to show that the Jews left Egypt in a hurry? Nope, that's forbidden. You have to roast it over a fire. And because of this, Nikra Korban Pesach Chok. That's why the Korban Pesach is called a statue. Because no matter what reason we try and give to explain its laws, the, detail of the details of the laws of its preparation, it doesn't come out correct. It doesn't work out. So the Zerah Shimshon says, we looked at a first reason suggested by the Mate Aharon. He himself told us that that wasn't a good reason. So we suggested, uh, we looked at the Sefer Achinach, and the Sefer Achinach told us, uh, two reasons about the preparation of the Korban Pesach and why it had to be roasted. And we see that those reasons don't really follow through all the way. They don't really make total sense. So we're not blaming the Sefer Achinach. We're actually saying this is a perfect Sefer Achinach because he's showing us, he's giving reasons when, when we see from those reasons that they're not totally up to snuff. And therefore, that's the hope 
the Torah calls the Korban Pesach a chok, according to the Zerah Shimshon, because the laws of its preparation, the laws, some of the laws that have to do with the actual preparation of the Korban Pesach itself, don't fit with our logic, don't fit with our svara, and that's the definition of a chok, of a statute. Yashukoch to everyone. Thank you for participating in the learning of uh, this piece in the Zerah Shimshon. God willing, we look forward to learning uh, more of the Zerah Shimshon.